Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, this is Freddie Spencer coming to you after the 2018 MotoGP race, the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. The race, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Now, there's been a lot of things talked about since that happened on Sunday. A lot of different opinions. But let's, let's try to cut through some of those and, and talk about uh, what happened. Well, first off, certainly there was, there was a lot of disappointment uh, for everyone. The riders, the uh, teams, the sponsors. But we have to actually really feel for the fans. Um, the people who make the event happen uh, are, are really possible. Uh, the people that, that put aside money, their time, make the effort to come, to be more than just entertained but inspired. And those were the ones I, I want to actually, and, and I know we most of us think about that, but I want to I wanna put a shout-out to them. And certainly you got to feel for them. My history of... Rain at Silverstone um, really would have to say uh, came to a, a, a point in 1985. It was raining so hard that day that really it was it was uh, just treacherous conditions. Certainly, you probably wouldn't race in those conditions today. Uh, it was somewhat like it was on on Sunday. It was raining so hard, Lee known to Hanger Straight, which is now Chapel, uh, that it was it was coming in my helmet sideways. Um, and I was actually tilting my helmet um, because it was coming coming up inside. And the other issue was the puddling, which has always been a problem at Silverstone. It you know there's so many riders uh, that have talked about that British riders and others that have raced in BSP races there, World Superbike races there, over the last 10, 15 years. Mine going back 35, um, 33 years. It's always been an issue. It certainly would think it would be something that would be addressed. In that day, on that day, in the 250 race, um, I, I needed to finish fourth to, to win the 250 World Championship or to wrap it up that day. Uh, and I was able to do that. It was not a very good race for me I, because I, I went into it really with the mindset of needing to finish fourth and that, that's what I was able to finish. Um, as it turned out, but it, I remember during the race, one of the things I was already thinking about in that 250 race was the 500 race that was coming up next. And so I was kind of multitasking and, and figuring out that places that were almost unrideable in the 250, I couldn't imagine what it was gonna be like on the 500. So I got through the 250 race and we started the 500 race and, and I remember uh, the first lap coming on to on to hanger straight that I was going to be and I was so concerned with the puddling at the end of hanger straight going into what is stow or is sometimes called turn or it is turn seven 
and if I could survive that over the next 20-something laps. On Saturday, that's exactly where they had the crash that took out so many riders and unfortunately put Tito Rabat in the hospital with such severely fractured fractures in his leg. And so you would think that something like that, that was an issue so many years ago and has been talked about, how could that be a problem today? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Obviously, it's up to the organizers and the people who resurface the track to address and know the history and some of the issues that happen. That's the only way really to avoid what happened on Sunday is it gets fixed at the, at the basic, at the, the ground level. How could that be fixed? Well, you know, the, the camber of the track, you know, uh, the surface, so that the water drains. Uh, obviously the bumps that were an issue. Wayne Gardner and I, we did a World GP Legends event about a month or so ago there on, at Silverstone Classic. And that was, that was an issue. I remember riding around on the, the fire blade and it was, I couldn't really adjust the suspension to get the stability. So I was imagining what it would be like on a MotoGP bike. So, the bumps, the camber, the surface, those are things that have to be fixed, obviously, as I said, by the people who are in charge of resurfacing the track and ultimately the organizers. What causes that not to be fixed? Well, certainly it's just the fact of, of, of awareness, uh, the due diligence, um, taking the time, making the effort that starts with individuals, seeing that through to making sure that that's certainly addressed. I could have told him that. We suffered from that, like I said, 30 years ago at the end of Anger Street. The other issue can be money, pure and simple money. And trying to, to do it at the cheapest possible price. Now I understand, especially in today's world, uh, racetracks, that is, that is an issue, making money. The cost of putting on events, uh, is, is something that has to be dealt with, the running of a track, keeping tracks open. Um, and so there's many considerations, but, but those are the issues that have to be addressed to make sure that a catastrophe like Sunday doesn't happen. I'll give you another example. In 1982, uh, the French Grand Prix was run at a small track in the southern part of Tra France, not at Paul Ricard or Le Mans where it normally would be run. It was a track called Nagaro. Remember, we showed up there on Thursday at a free practice. Uh, at those days, that's what we would do, especially a track none of us are raced on. And the first thing I noticed was the facilities really wasn't up to par of what should be run at a Grand Prix track. Those are things that we would address beginning, really, at that time with the Riders Organization that now is basically somewhat basically heard of. Mike Trimby was our first um, head of the writer's organization or, or writer rep. That was a few years earlier in 1985. But this was kind of the beginning. And, and you know, Kenny had done some changes before and made some, you know, tried to start an organization. And, and so it was coming, like I said, really getting addressed, some of these issues around this time. But th this day at, at Nagaro, uh, I remember Kenny and I, we were out on the track uh, practicing and going down the back straightaway. You, one, couldn't draft him. The rolling bumps 
uh, were such an issue that we decided to boycott the race. And I remember afterwards talking about, well, how in the world did we ever get here? And why isn't um, someone here to approve that or to at least say the track would be safe enough? And certainly those issues are in place today uh, for that reason. Uh, Dorner has representatives, obviously, Franco and, and Loris, they go and, and look at racetracks and, and, and deal with that. And then you have, like I said, the organizers and the, the people in charge of resurfacing the track. And so at those levels, that's where it has to be addressed, again, to make sure that something like Sunday doesn't happen. Now, you certainly can't predict what the weather's going to do. And there's certainly unforeseen circumstances that, that happen in this universe that would prevent or not allow maybe an event to happen. But, but there is things that can be prevented. And Sunday could have been prevented with the proper due diligence, awareness, and just making, knowing the history and, and dealing with the issues as it happened. And hopefully, it's a lesson that everyone will learn from and make sure it doesn't happen again for everyone involved, but certainly the fans. Now, let's talk a little bit about the bikes today. I know that you know some people are here and say that, well, you raced there in 1985, Freddie, on a bike that didn't have electronics and didn't have certain things. And yes, that is true. The control of everything that happened on that bike that Sunday afternoon that allowed me to win that race, other than the fact the bike finishing, Michelin providing the, the right tires that I needed, or we made the right choices on many things, softening up the suspension at that time, which was basically all we could do from a suspension standpoint, and certainly helping me. Um, didn't do much with the engine. So basically, it was up to me and, and my, my ability to adapt to the conditions, to see it, to understand the racetrack, to foresee some of the issues that I knew I would have in the 500 race versus the 250. And like I said, it was, it was my feel, you know, that, that is, is what I could do in working with the motorcycle, throttle control, lean angle, changing the right lines, and again, just choosing the right points on the track to be able to maybe try to gain speed or certainly certain parts of track to be more cautious on. And those are all things that ultimately were left up to me. You know, the modern bikes are a little bit different. I talk about, and I've talked about trash control and, and throttle position and, and the, what the riders have to do, and certainly the speeds are higher today. So I, I, I kind of come in the middle uh, ground of this where I, you know, it's, it's different than it was certainly in 1985 because of certain things that are somewhat out of the rider's control on, on the bike. You're, they're dependent on, on the electronics to be able to, to work through some of the issues. Um, and also the emphasis on the safety part and just wanting to not put the riders in any more danger than they have to be or already in in the sport that we're involved in. So I, I understand, you know, both sides, but I also understand the disappointment that ultimately it is the rider's choice to be there and make that decision to race. And there was riders on both sides. I know that the Jack Miller and Johan Zarco wanted to race, 
and I'm sure there was others that were in the middle part, like, you know, they won the race for no other reason than the championship, or they might be strong in, in those conditions, and and so you're going to have, you know, different, different, certainly different opinion, opinions, and, and different reasons for wanting to race or not wanting to race. But I, I go back to it really shouldn't have been in that position for that to happen. And so let's don't have that get lost in this, that uh, everyone needs to step back and take a look at, at the conditions, uh, why that there was that situation where there even had to be a decision not to race. And hopefully, like I said, that can be addressed. Now, I want to end this talking a little bit about uh, who really lost out. And, and you have to say Maverick, you know, Maverick Vinales. He looked like he's certainly in dry conditions. Now we're saying a dry race, that he certainly was back on his game. And you could see that in the way that he was approaching uh, the every single session with his just his effort and certainly his performance. Um, Mark Marquez, you know, with his point lead, I know that Mark certainly would have wanted to race, but he, he didn't lose out, you know, he didn't gain anything, but he certainly didn't lose out by not racing. But probably real loser is, is Jorge and, and Dovey, but certainly Jorge, because I know that, that as, for as far as the championship, I know that, that Jorge uh, is looking at trying to win every race from here on out. And look at his performance, even in the wet conditions, in qualifying in Q2 to snatch pole position. So certainly his confidence is back, and he would have been, I think, strong in dry or wet conditions. You got to feel, though, uh, for Cal Crutchlow, uh, this is British Grand Prix and wanting to go out there and win, and, and he was certainly strong. And Bradley Smith and Scott Redding, um, Certainly got a shout out to them. I know that this may be both of theirs last British Grand Prix, and they certainly would have liked to have raced in, the, in front of their home fans. And Bradley was doing very good in practice and certainly in qualifying. So he certainly would have been strong. Last thing I want to say, though, is, is, is to the announcers. I know what a tough job they certainly had uh, filling the time, and, and uh, I certainly have to, have to feel for them a little bit, too. But... Again, uh, we got to get through this. Looking forward uh, to the next race. It certainly will be interesting. The championship is, is uh, as exciting as it's ever been, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.